Welcome to The Bull and the Bear, a money and markets podcast. We give you the advice you need to know to make investing safe and profitable. With The Bull and the Bear podcast, you'll get exclusive access to some of the top thinkers, analysts, advisors, and gurus in the investment business. And now for your hosts, Matt Clark and Charles Sizemore. Hi, everyone. I'm Matt Clark, research analyst with Money Markets here with your weekend edition of the Bull and the Bear podcast. Now, before I, I get started, uh, like I do each and every podcast, I do want to make sure that you all are checking out moneymarkets.com. That is our flagship. That is the mothership website. Make sure you're checking that out each and every day. In it, we provide you safe, uh, sound, smart, simple, profitable investment information that you can use for your portfolio. We've got chief investment strategist, Adam O'Dell, Green Zone Fortunes co-editor, Charles Sizemore, myself, the rest of our team. We all work very hard seven days a week. Uh, Yes, that's right. Even Saturdays and Sundays, the market's closed. I get it, but we're still working uh, to make sure that we are giving you uh, they say that safe, sound, smart, simple, profitable investment information. When you're there, sign up for our daily e-letter. You'll get that information sent to your inbox each and every day for free. Also, uh, you know, whether you listen to this as a podcast or maybe you just caught on to us on YouTube, make sure you do subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just go to youtube.com if you're not there. Uh, search Money and Markets. We've got that green bull and bear logo. Click that uh, and then make sure you are subscribed to the channel and you get uh, notified each and every time we uh, put out new videos. And I'll talk about more about those uh, videos that we have uh, coming up here in just a bit. But I want to get on with today's podcast. In 2020, uh, you know, the, the market was kind of a, a it, it was an anomaly, if you will. But there was kind of, you know, there were several sectors that you know, were a bit of a rage, but one really kind of peaked. Uh, and these stocks you know, in this particular sector rose about 70% uh, from May of 2020, right after the coronavirus crash in March, uh, all the way through to February, the middle of February of 2021. And, and of course, the, the, the stocks I'm talking about here are biotech stocks. Um, if you look at the Spider Biotech Fund Index, it tracks biotech stocks. Uh, it saw a massive jump through the first part of February of 2021. Stocks were pushed higher. Broader tech sector continued to attract high growth investors. Of course, COVID uh, was was pushing a lot more uh, buyers into uh, biotech because of just the 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 massiveness of COVID and what biotech stocks and companies could provide. But since February, that sentiment has in the biotech industry has kind of cooled a little bit. Prices have fallen about 30% in the index. Um, there's other forces at play here other than just investor sentiment moving away from the broader tech sector. Uh, you know, the Federal Trade Commission recently announced a, a working group with Canadian, European, and, and British agencies to explore ways uh, to really take a deep dive and exa examine pharma, pharma mergers. Uh, so it's not just kind of willy-nilly. Really, they really want to take a sharp eye on this. Uh, so, you know, the prospect of tougher regulations in the pharma market is a bit of a concern for, with, with biotech and pharma investors. But you have to remember that President Joe Biden has said in, the, in the, one of the first speeches he made after he, uh, after he was inaugurated, he wants to increase the nation's spending on biotech and pharma research. Now remember, um, you know, it was about 2% back in the 60s, and now it's dropped below 1%, the amount of, of, of money that the government spends on research and, 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 and development in terms of, of pharmacology. Uh, and, and that is something that Biden wants to reverse. He actually wants to surpass China, which spends about 2 to 3%. Uh, of its economy on research and development. Now, this could have a good, a good impact on biotech and pharma stocks in the future. But another thing to keep in mind is that in 2020, uh, the financing of biotech companies in the U.S. reached $100 billion. That's the highest level of financing that biotech companies have seen in years. Uh, biotech companies raised more in IPOs, about $9.9 billion in 2020 than any year since 2015. Uh, debt financing for biotech companies in 2020 was about $27.5 billion. That was also the highest since 2015. So it's clear there's still a lot of positive sentiment uh, towards the biotech industry, and, and that was kind of peaked last year. 
uh, how a recent pullback raises a question, and that is, are biote biotech stocks uh, still viable investments? So I am bringing in uh, two of the sharpest minds that I know in terms of not only just investing, but also with biotech as well. And that is Money Markets Chief Investment Strategist, Adam O'Dell, Charles Sizemore as well. We're going to break down the biotech industry and see what's ahead for the once booming investment sector. And I'm going to start with Adam. Adam, first off, welcome. Thank you for coming on the weekend edition of the podcast. Is the recent pullback in biotech stocks a result of an overall uh, sell-off of broader tech stocks? I guess maybe the, the simpler question here is what's driving, what has driven this sell-off since the middle of February? Yeah, there are a few things at play here, and I think they're uh, largely transitory. So meaning I think that uh, this is not anything to worry about long-term. But uh, one factor is the biotech industry and sector became a trade, uh, became a thematic trade during the COVID crisis. So people started realizing, oh, there's just been a shock and they started picking winners and losers. Obviously restaurants and um, cruise lines and airlines were the losers and they started looking out, well, who are the winners? So, you know, uh, technology that allowed, you know, like Zoom and Teladoc and um, Peloton. Uh, and so this there, it became this bifurcated trade where, you know, we're picking winners and losers and certainly biotech benefited from that COVID crisis because people were interested in who's going to come up with a vaccine, who's going to come up with the best assays and tests for COVID. And so biotech really caught a bid as far as a short term trade, people that were trying to ride that wave uh, through COVID. And then naturally, when we got the vaccine started uh, in you know November, December, and we saw that uh, Biden was going to roll out the vaccines very quickly in the turn of this year. Uh, and we started getting just comfortable with the idea that we are going to go back to some form of reality. Um, then that trade kind of fell out of favor. Basically, people thought that, first of all, it went up like it went up about 175 percent from the bottom. So the trade was way stretched from its 200 day moving average. A lot of profit taking was happening. People started you know, reinvesting some of those gains into the, the back to work and the back to life. And. Uh, you know, the back to normal uh, trades. So uh, energy and industrials and things like that. So that was just kind of a short term rotation. The other thing that's kind of a headwind to biotech right now is just the general uh, increasing worries about inflation and rising interest rates that really hurts two uh, sectors, basically long duration bonds get hit in that environment and growth stocks get hit. Uh, the reason growth stocks get hit is because growth stocks tend to have, um, you know, investors get into growth stocks because there's a lot of cash flow that's expected in the future. And when you have a larger, when you have a rising interest rate, the, uh, the discounted cash flow model, basically the present value of those future cash flows that are way out in the distance uh, become less and less as the interest rate, as the discount rate rises. So, you know, we've seen tech sell off across the board, pullback, sell off, whatever you want to call it, uh, as interest rates have risen. And obviously biotech is a flavor of technology. Uh, so they've kind of not been uh, immune to that. So. Yeah, we see like the broad XBI, the Spider S&P Biotech ETF down 30% or so. Uh, there's a genomics ETF that I'm real hot on that's basically the cutting edge DNA science part of biotech that's down more than 30%. So uh, I think this is actually a good entry point. I'm not going to say that it won't fall a, a bit further because it certainly could. But I think that um, if you miss the biotech trade in 2020, then this is a good place to get in as a, as a more longer term strategic investment. And that rolls me into to my next question. That is, Charles, does this recent pullback present buy opportunities for investors in biotech? I, I would say it does. And, and this is why. If you're looking at sort of the broader market right now, where, where do you go? It's, it's stretched. Valuations are stretched everywhere. And most of the stock market 
at fixed income everywhere, there, there's really aggressive growth assumptions built into stock prices. And it's hard to really see those growth assumptions happening in a lot of cases. Even in a lot of technology stocks, you're really paying up now for growth that's expected to happen years in the future. And yeah, you know, that's, that's what are we seeing right now in the market? Are, are, we, are we seeing the beginnings of a correction? Is it, is it something more? I, I don't know. But I do know that you look at, at the overall market and you really have to, to pick and choose something that seems like it's priced reasonably. Well, that's where biotech gets interesting because biotech is one of those few sectors where, you know, even if valuations do get stretched and they're, they're actually not right now, but if they do, the growth in the future could actually justify a stretched multiple. This is, you know, if, if you know, where is that growth of the future going to come from? Well, you know, the new blockbuster drug that, I don't know, cures cancer, that, that um, you know, cures AIDS once and for all. You know, th these are the kinds of, of, of things that, that can justify a premium. Now, um, where you know, Adam mentioned the whole COVID thing and how that affected pricing. I think if you had discovered the cure for, for, for cancer last year, if you had said, hey, guys, I, I got it. I've, I've been working really hard. It's, it's done. I cured cancer. I don't even think anybody would have noticed because it, all the focus was on COVID, on treatments, the vaccine, everything was just COVID, 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 COVID. And so as, as, that's, as that's faded, you know, as, as the, the pandemic, at least here in the U.S., is you know, kind of in the late innings here, and even in the rest of the world, it's going to get there pretty quickly as vaccinations step up. I think you are going to see people rediscovering the biotech sector as, oh, yeah, there's other diseases out there other than COVID. Like, hello, this is, uh, this is actually very, you know, there's a lot to do here. Adam mentioned genomics in particular. You know, that's that really is the cutting edge here. You know, that's that's that next frontier. So if you are just going to ask that basic top-down question of like we're starting with the broad market and kind of narrowing it down into sectors, what sectors are really in a position to to justify a multiple? This is really it right now. Um, there's really not much else uh, out there that I would see as more than sort of like you, you could get into industrials or something right now. That reopening trade as a sort of a short-term trade. But if you're looking for kind of a longer term, you know, multi-year trade or in investment here, something that could potentially, you know, add a couple zeros to your net worth, then, then, then this is it. And I think that brings up an interesting point. And that is that while so much focus uh, for biotech was on uh, COVID, biotech is so much broader than that. It, it goes just beyond that. That was just kind of what was the immediate in our face uh, you know, the, the, the hot topic of conversation. That's what got people's attention last year. For sure. Yeah. But you, as you mentioned, you know, cancer, uh, various cancers, you know, other, uh, other long-term illnesses, these companies are, are working on the cutting edge to find therapies and cures. And then you also have to remember that there's also kind of pick and shovel plays of companies that help uh, those, those larger uh, phar pharmacology biotech uh, companies develop these things uh you know I, i'd be remiss if i didn't mention and i'll let adam kind of expand on this a little bit more but uh adam and charles and, and i work on uh, a subscription service called greens and fortunes we you've heard us talk about it uh you know week after week uh, because it is it is one of those things that, that we feel very strongly about and, and within that uh we have discussed uh biotech i think i think it's safe to say that the three of us are uh, very bullish on biotech, uh, remain bullish regardless of any type of a temporary uh, pullback that we're seeing now. Um, Adam, expand on that a little bit and kind of talk about, uh, you know, 
without giving away too much, uh, kind of where you've pointed Green Zone Fortune subscribers a little bit when it comes to biotech. Yeah, so two points there. And first, I'll jump off of something that Charles said, the growth in the, first of all, it warms my heart to hear a deep value investor like Charles, you know, uh, justify, and I don't use that term pejoratively, but justify a higher multiple uh, and, and look for growth in the future that's certainly worth paying for. So I love that. But um, yeah, really, I mean, Charles is right. Growth can come from a couple of different areas in biotech, or I think of it as a couple of different layers. First of all, you've got this very underlying um, fundamental demographics driven uh, growth uh, driver tailwind, so to speak, uh, under healthcare in general and biotech even specifically. And that's due to the baby boomers. So you've got like something like 60, uh, like 100,000 or 10, no, excuse me, 10,000 baby boomers that turn 65 every single day for the next decade or so. So this is basically creating structural uh, demographics-based demand for healthcare, healthcare innovation, healthcare spending. Healthcare is one of the remote, most robust sectors of the entire economy because people can cut corners with consumer discretionary and even consumer staples and and things like that during during hard times uh, certainly technology but at the same time they're still going to spend money on healthcare. people want to be healthy and remain healthy and get through whatever ailments that come their way so um, you know healthcare is very robust in that sense and the baby boomer population is driving that underlying demand the other area you can get growth is more idiosyncratic, and Charles alluded to it. Some of these companies don't necessarily have strong earnings uh, consistently, but they're working on, they're putting a lot of money and a lot of investment into pipeline drugs and therapies. And when those finally do get approved, you can get really strong uh, idiosyncratic and short-term, not short-term, but like sudden catalyst type of, of growth and, and revenue and earnings. So you really, I mean, I think the biotech is a great area to be, uh, I call it a stock picker or to look at individual issues. So if you don't want to just be a diversified buyer of XBI or XLV in the broader healthcare, um, you can really you do a lot. If you can roll up your sleeves and do the analysis and do the research and the work, you can find companies really on both ends of the spectrum. So, you know, Matt, you mentioned Green Zone Fortunes. We actually have two biotech, biopharma companies in there. Uh, one of them I would describe as more of a commercialized. Uh, so they, they earn positive earnings, more consistent revenues. They already have blockbuster drugs that are approved, that are marketed. Um, they're, they're more, you know, they're less of a, a long shot, so to speak. So that's one end of the barbell. We also have a company that's on the cutting edge of DNA science. They're not positive earnings right now. They're building a war chest of products and, and partnerships and, uh, and processes and business lines. So they're really in the building phase right now. So you do have to kind of put some faith in that longer term growth that they're eventually going to kick into high gear. And, and when all these things come to market at once, uh, they're going to start earning uh, revenues and earnings a lot faster than anybody expects. So, um, and that company is actually doing a lot of private public partnerships. You mentioned at the opening of the show that how uh, I didn't really realize those statistics, but I didn't realize that China was so far ahead of us in, in government investment in, uh, in biotech. And that's a source of, you know, geopolitical strategic advantage or disadvantage. If you look at that, uh, you know, maybe the next war will be fought on biotech. We could get into that a whole nother day, but um, so basically, I think that the fact that Biden is, is re-upping the investment in biotech is a great thing. Uh, one of the companies we're super bullish on has a lot of partnerships with the government. We're talking about DARPA. Uh, you know, so basically, a ton of government industries that have looked to this private company and, and, and put government money into fund private uh, public partnerships. 
And so that's really a great source of revenue as well. And it's great to have the, the support of the government in, in, in terms of that investment. So really long-term, we're strategic uh, bullish on biotech. And we think that the short-term dip is really just a buying opportunity. So we, we uh, I, I almost like to see that the trade is faded and people are looking to other directions because I think that means that, that you know, overlooked opportunities are often the best investments. And I think I, I remember that. I remember there was one one time. I'm not sure if you told me it directly or if you if you if you wrote to subscribers. Uh, but I just remember the one thing that stuck out is saying, you know, it's always good to look where no one else is looking, in terms yeah. of investing. And and I think this is one of those opportunities uh, with biotech because nobody's really looking at it. Uh, you know, investors, retail or otherwise, are looking at either short squeezes or. Or, 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 you know, value plays, things like that. And they're overlooking something like biotech. So uh, I, I think it, it was a great sum up. I think, you know, we remain very bullish on the biotech sector, uh, you know, and I, and I think Adam's right. This does present, present itself a nice opportunity uh, to get into uh, either the sector as a whole through an ETF or maybe a specific uh, company that you're looking at or whatever. Would encourage you to, do, to check out Greens on Fortunes. We'll try to put a link up above uh, on our YouTube page to uh, give you more information on how you can learn more uh, about uh, Greens on Fortunes. Uh, great service, uh, does great things. Uh, and I do, uh, I, I, I enjoy it. Uh, I work for it, but I, I enjoy it nonetheless. Uh, <laughs> I don't say that because Adam is sitting in the same room. It's because I actually do, uh, I, I do find a lot of value to it. So uh, parting shots before, uh, before the weekend, I'll start with you, Charles Sizemore. Yeah, there's the old quote from Wayne Gretzky that, you know, why was he such a good hockey player? Because he doesn't skate where the puck is. He, he skates where the puck is going. And that's really kind of how I view biotech right now is this is where, the capital is going to be flowing, whether it's from the public sector, whether it's from private investors, because that's where the growth is going to be. So when you do have a pullback like this, it's great. Now, I mean, how deep does a pullback go? I don't know. But if you're looking forward, this is, this is where the puck's going. So this is where we need to skate. Very good. And uh, Adam O'Dell, parting shot for the weekend. Uh, I guess a corollary to that uh, axiom is the idea that you fight the last war. So people are always looking at the last sell off or the last bear market and what caused that, or they're looking at the, the old technologies, the old way of doing things. And that's why I really think that DNA science and, and biotech and genomics is underpriced and under overlooked right now because people are still evaluating companies on, under the old pharma model. Uh, basically the DNA science that, that cutting edge firms are doing right now was not around 10 years ago. Not only was it not viable or commercially available or uh, commercially persistent and prevalent, uh, it wasn't even really available. They were still figuring out how to do gene editing 10 years ago. Now, now not only do they figured out how to do it, but the cost to do it is extremely low and they're figuring out so many more applications for it. So I really think that people are still looking at the old pharma model, not that interested in pharmaceutical companies right now, but they're overlooking what DNA science will do to, to be like that, that puck that's, you know, that's ahead. So they're not moving to it. And that gives us uh, as somebody that is looking into the future, a very strong strategic advantage. Yeah. I think we are just, kind of scratching the surface, just kind of the tip of the iceberg when it comes to, to biotech and pharma in terms of future advancements and, and what that can mean for investors. I think we're just, there, there's there's this, but there's a whole bunch more underneath. And I think uh, I think we're going to see that in the coming years. So uh, appreciate both uh, Adam O'Dell and Charles Sizemore for joining me on uh, the weekend edition of The Bull and the Bear. Uh, make sure you check out our YouTube channel. If you're listening to this as a podcast, go over to youtube.com, uh, search money and markets, find the green bull and bear logo, click that, and then make sure you mash subscribe uh, and you get notified each and every time we post a new video, a uh, new video series we have out. Ask Adam anything. I love it. I get to sit down with Adam O'Dell and ask him just about anything you want. 
and 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 it, and it ranges. It's not just about stocks. It's not just about bonds of the market. We've asked about the painting on his wall, which I'm sure we'll get five more now that I brought it up. And, and people are going, yeah, what is that? Uh, you know, I think I even asked Adam the meeting of life one time. So uh, that's a great thing comes out uh, every week. So make sure you check that out. Charles Sizemore uh, also has a video series called Investing with Charles Sizemore. He gives you his take on different stocks, whether they're good investments for you, whether you should uh, you should buy them, stay away from them, hold them. Uh, he's got great insight uh, and a great way of thinking when it comes to looking at, at various stocks. So do encourage you to check all those out on our YouTube channel. If you have a question for any of us uh, or something, maybe a topic you'd like us to cover either in the bull and the bear, maybe one of our, maybe one of our other video series, marijuana market update, uh, investing with Charles Sizemore, ask Adam anything, email us at feedback at moneyandmarkets.com. We'll put that email address right down there uh, on YouTube and let you know how you can do that. Uh, if you're uh, listening to us on, on your favorite podcast indicator, leave us a review or comment. Uh, let us know uh, what you think. What uh, we, we love to see your feedback, uh, both on YouTube and uh, on, on a podcast indicator. Love that. So uh, make sure you head over to moneymarkets.com every day. Sign up for that free daily e-letter. You'll get uh, safe, sound, smart, simple, profitable investment information sent to your inbox each and every day, yes, including Saturday and Sunday, for free. So make sure you do that as well. We've got much, much more coming up. Uh, Ask Adam anything, the marijuana market update, investing with Charles, plus tons more on the horizon coming up. So you don't want to miss out. Moneymarkets.com, YouTube, uh, podcast indicator, wherever you get the information, uh, there is a bunch more on the way. So check it all out. Until then, uh, this is Money Markets Research Analyst and host of the Bull Bear Podcast, Matt Clark, wishing you all safe trading. You've been listening to The Bull and the Bear, a Money and Markets podcast. Tune in each week to hear insights on how to make investing safe and profitable for you.